Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining. It's always great to be with you. And uh, i got to tell you, we got some hot topics coming up because America is a nation in transition and we're a nation facing an election I think is the most important in American history. I agree with Steve Bannon when he says that. I don't agree with Steve on everything, but he is right about this. And this is critical election time, critical time in our economy, critical time across the board in just about every aspect of our lives. And to unravel a lot of this stuff for us and help us make sense of it on a holistic basis is Robert Kudla. And Robert Kudla has an organization called Trade Genius, and they've been helping people make money for years in the market, even when the market's bad, because they thrive in volatility. And uh, he brings his insight to the economy and to things like the market to our audience here. And that's what we're going to do today. Bob, welcome to the show. Glad you could join us. And uh, if, if we would have known before the pandemic where things were going, do you think any of us would have believed this? Um, you know, it's hard to say, but you know, I think the pandemic probably taught us we should believe anything anymore. Yeah, I know. Got to so, be careful with that one, though. Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, economically, don't worry about your. Uh, yeah, I know. I hear you. Yeah, the forbidden yeah. topics that you're not allowed to discuss because we don't own the science. Okay. Yeah. So, but where we are here is, you know, if you look at it from a pure economic standpoint, is that the central banks around the world, whether they did it accidentally or on purpose, uh, took economies that were running hot from a fiscal standpoint and basically just threw um, gasoline onto a bonfire. And then now they're trying to, like, now they're trying to put out, as if I can mix my metaphors here, they're trying to put a lithium fire out with water right now. <laughs> I like that. That's and, and, I know where and, you're going with that comment. That's a good one. And so they... They're they're kind of they're kind of screwed, and we've talked about this before over the many years. Is that the the, the Fed is really good at able to um, destroy demand on what's called discretionary and speculative activities, mm-hmm. but they're they're they absolutely are powerless powerless to stop um, d- discretionary uh, demand that's not discretionary that you know, demand that is vital. And what I mean by that is, is that if you look at, if you look at the uh, uh, the four horsemen of, of economic apocalypse, right? It's 
food prices, energy prices, housing prices, and medical prices. I'm going to add a fifth one in there because you're also getting inflation and taxation too. I'll explain that in a minute. And so now the Fed is is in their infinite wisdom. They just have they basically have a hammer, and they just they just start whacking away, trying to destroy demand or try to make um, the cost of capital so high that people will retreat from speculation, and and also then you know kill demand. Like and so if you're you know if you're if you're um, Wealth is going down. You may not take that vacation. Well, the problem they have is what happened with the pandemic is that the response was that supply got curtailed around the world. Now, if you think about it, is that China basically uh, curtailed supply of all the things that you, you you know you need from China, right? They just it became extremely uh, uh, in short supply, right? So Europe is experiencing shortfall in energy and United through Russia and the United States is causing a shortfall in the dollar by choking off the dollar. And so but around the world is that you have this knock on effect from energy, you know, and, you know, you can blame Russia all you want. But the Biden administration and the Europeans started this way beforehand in terms of. Uh, the woke policies around don't let banks invest in fossil fuels that, you know, you know, like governors of New York and Pennsylvania curtailing natural gas development, the Biden administration cutting off pipelines, making it impossible for you to to do uh, exploration. California taxes any fossil fuel they can get their hand on in any stage of exploration all the way down to retail. And then they're shocked. They're shocked that the price of energy has gone higher. And and then, of course, they blame the people that they're the ones actually trying to destroy by not providing enough supply. Well, the Fed can't fix that. You know, I, I said a long time ago, the Federal Reserve, central banks around the world are going to end when they can't because they can't print food and they can't print energy. And so when you have high energy costs, it's a knock on effect. Because you can see what's happening in Europe is that your nitrogen, uh, you know, it comes from ammonia. Ammonia comes from natural gas. Natural gas is too expensive. Uh, Russia controls a vast majority and, and not just Russia, but what I would call that Western Eurasian area controls like Belarus and Kazakhstan and Russia control a lot of the ag, marginal ag chem which is basically the phosphorus and the potash around the world. And that makes raising uh, crops more expensive or yields fall so that you have food issues. And then because of all the speculation they allowed with the uh, pandemic response by just pumping money into the system is that, uh, and then also the NIMBY rules around building new properties is that you had a housing shortage. And then finally, demographics are telling us medical costs are going to go higher. But there's one unknown out there that people aren't really realizing is, is taxation. So because we created this inflationary environment, is that uh, taxation around the world, because it's progressive, has gone up. So, if, you know, if you made $90,000 this year, now you're making 95000 next year because you know, the response to inflation is people demanding higher wages. Well, your um, 
you know, I'll make this math simple. You go from 100 to 105,000, your, your wages increased by 5,000. But did your net pay increase by 5,000? No, because you're in a higher tax bracket now. And it really, really affects the people on the lower middle, cl- lower middle class spectrum because that's where they get the biggest jumps in their, um, in their, uh, um, the marginal rate tax increase, but also they start losing out on credits. So, you know, out here in California, people are begging their employers not to increase their hours because you lose housing support, you lose food, um, food stamp support, you lose, uh, you know, different, uh, uh, credits for, for childcare. And so, and then also, uh, the, um, the, 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 the medical cost credits that you get through the Obamacare. So all that starts working against you, and those are all good guys for the government. That's why I said don't believe Biden and those guys when they say, oh, they want inflation under control. They absolutely do not. They, they want higher revenue coming in. You saw it that last year we have had the most revenue come into the Treasury ever, ever. And, and, you know, but the government is spending now 67% of all GDP. And so we're just basically caught in this loop. And so the Fed can't fix any of that, no matter how hard they try. And, you know, and, and you hear these things about, oh, they're going to kill employment. Well, you can't. People are retiring. So companies have to have some employees. They can't, they can't operate, uh, you know, with all robots, no matter, you know, what people think is going to happen, you, there, there is a basically an irreducible amount of employment required for a functioning economy. And so you can't. So people will keep the employees. The, the margins will fall on their businesses, but they, at some point, they can't fire people, right? So, um, because then they won't have a functioning business. So, so the Fed's trapped. So they're, 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 this inflation thing that's going on, Dave, right now is, is really a, it's a false, uh, premise that they're trying to solve inflation. Okay. So, so we're going to have higher costs and we're in a loop now. So they're going to keep trying to keep raising rates and higher costs, raising rates, higher costs. But last week they hit a wall. It was called England and European pension funds. And so now, and then also the other thing too is that our treasury now is supporting the Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve now used to be a money maker for the Treasury. Now it's actually a deficit. And so we're paying almost a trillion dollars now, I mean a hundred billion dollars now a year to the banks not to lend money and they're keeping their cash with the Federal Reserve and they're getting paid three point oh five percent of over two point four trillion dollars of reverse repos. Is that let is me that, ask let me ask, ask a question on this, Bob. Is that Akin to um, raising interest rates, what they're doing, but without really raising interest rates as much as the benefit they're getting. That's different. They're raising interest rates and they're raising the reserve rate they pay on the uh, for the banks. Okay, okay, I got it. Yeah. So what you're thinking of when they reduce the balance sheet, it kind of has an indirect effect of raising rates on the long side of the of the curve. And then when they raise interest rates through their open market activities, that raises rates on the short end of the curve. And what I mean by the curve is I'm talking about from, you know, one day treasury bill all the way up to 30 year treasury bond. Okay. So they affect the long end of the curve by doing a quantitative tightening, 
which makes the uh, the long end of the bond market sell off, which we've been seeing. And then when they raise interest rates, it makes the short end of the bond market go higher. Uh, they like to have what's called a positive slope, Dave, so that the banks can make money. They what they call they call it borrowing short, right, and lending long. They always want to be borrowing money at a lower interest rate than they're than they're lending it out. Obviously, right? That's banking. And but what's happening to them is that the curve flipped. So um, there's not demand for these long dated bonds out there by customers because when you run scared, you're not going to take a big old loan out, right? And so the the bond market what's called inverted. And so when the short rate is higher than the long rate, uh, you Banking basically goes bankrupt. So what they've done in the past is they've created this this cash liquidity for the banks. You know, the banks shove cash into the bank's balance sheets. And then the banks, instead of lending that money out, they turn right around. They just give it back to the Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve pays interest on it. So when you're raising these interest rates, uh, and then they don't don't give you the same rate they get, obviously. And so they're sitting on... uh, $2.4 $2.4 trillion in the banking system that's not being lent out, which is by design, the Federal Reserve doesn't want them to lend it out. And they're paying the banks basically 3.05% annualized to just have that money sitting there. I mean, it's good work if you can get it. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. Nine, like $90 billion, right? Yeah, of, and, uh, and then Bob add to the fact that you got fractional reserve banking so they can loan out about nine times more than is actually there. Right, but that's why they do the reverse repos, Dave, because they don't want them to be lending it out. I see. Yeah, exactly. You're exactly right. Man, so oh man, oh man. You really right, encapsulated yeah. this. So, well, let me ask you a question because I want to go back to this theme, but I, I'm interested to how you apply this to trade genius. So what lessons do you take? Because for businessmen listening here, whether they're investment or commodities, whatever they are, how how do you take this info and use it yourself? Oh, quite simply. So we have an algorithm that looks at what's called the Fed liquidity indicator. So the Fed has obviously, you know, are they increasing or decreasing their assets? Are they increasing and decreasing the level of what's called reverse repo? Okay. And are they increasing or are they decreasing the um, uh, interest rates on on the short end? And so we've been in a what's called a risk off since the beginning of September. September is typically a down month. And so we've been short the market, but we've been long energy. Okay. And, and that's been paying us. And so, uh, you know, we look for opportunities to, you know, you buy companies like SARK, which is a short, uh, fund. Around technology, uh, we buy SDS, which is a double short of the SPY. We'll go directly in and buy, buy puts. And, and, you know, we'll do those kind of things. But at the same time, uh, the money is not necessarily leaving the system. It's just moving over to energy because at the same time, our government policies around the world are enabling countries like Russia and Iran and Saudi Arabia at all to raise the price of energy. And so why fight it? You know, own it. <laughs> and yeah. so, uh, and it's across the board. So, you know, you can make money in coal, natural gas, uranium, uh, propane, and natural gas, if I missed it. And then also the people who ship those things. You know, companies, bulk, bulk shipping companies ship coal, bulk shipping companies uh, 
of ship and liquefied natural gas. Those shippers pay really good dividends, so we've been in those. And and uh, and so, you know, the other thing, too, when you go into the fall is food prices go up. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com and what it does is it goes into a container you lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches it's a 50-year warranty on the device it only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground and you can keep it for safekeeping and i'll tell you this is the way to hide your gold not in false walls but underground will be very very difficult to detect to find out more Go to BarrierGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time the grains go up and that's been happening too so that's where we've been focusing you know uh i feel bad about what's happening in the world but i have to uh make money and, and that's where my focus is no i hear you and and you're doing well because um, these people send send us these attaboys here Here's what a couple of things people are saying. This system rocks. Talk about trade genius. This is great. Definitely renewing for another year. Incredible tools, all thanks to the people at Trade Genius. So obviously what you're doing is working. But what I heard you say, if I could encapsulate this, is that no matter what the market's doing, there's an opportunity somewhere, and your job is to seek that out. And I think that's good advice for everybody. Yeah, look, I don't want to just say everybody listening is that there's always a bull market somewhere. And the Fed is at a point now where they, they won't tell you they're going to pivot, but they're going to be forced to pivot. Every other central bank around the world, except the United States and Russia, are starting to add liquidity into this into the system. Stock market valuation is almost one-to-one tied for what's called the world central bank assets. Okay? And so you have um, now 
Bank of Japan never stopped QE. Bank of England just started QE last week because they had to protect their bond market. European Union never stopped QE because Europe's a failed experiment and nobody would buy their bonds if they didn't pay buy them themselves. And then obviously Russia doesn't need the money because they're running a surplus. And the United States is trying to destroy any competitor to the dollar hegemony. And so they're just still driving forward on QT. But with the bond market inverting, with yields pushing up over 4.5%, with the real estate market imploding, and with the, uh, when I mean by real estate imploding, real estate activity imploding, uh, and you have the, uh, now the treasury on the hook for Fed losses, is that there's going to be absolutely incredible political pressure on Jerome Powell to at least pause. And my view is that, you know, Powell's a rock rib Republican. I think he's trying to break this. I think he's trying to break this, um, this narrative by, by the Democrats to, um, uh, to, you can spend any money you want. Yeah. I think he's trying to make it painful for them. And, and I think, uh, once this election happens and, uh, if, if we do have some sort of red wave or red high tide, then you're going to have, uh, uh, Powell feel like he he'll, the Congress is now not one-sided and he'll probably relent. But it doesn't matter. We're going to go into recession. And then you just buy bonds. Just buy Treasury bonds and you'll make a fortune in the next uh, 12 months. Treasury bonds. Okay, that's going to be something to keep in mind. But uh, you just said uh, we're going to go into a recession. The definition of recession, if I'm correct in my economics class, is that it's two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. We've already achieved that. Yeah, so let me explain. Um, there's recession and then there's recession. Okay, so we have a technical recession primarily because of inventories um, and, and uh, import-export. Okay, but economic activity is still hovering right on the brink. But the problem we have this time is, you know what a real definition of recession is, Dave, right? Yeah. When somebody you know loses their job. Yeah. Okay, I don't know anybody who's lost their job. Nobody. And so um, I know people who retired, but they got a pension. So to me, when I say going into a recession, to me, that's a definition of recession. What you described is absolutely the, the uh, textbook um, version of recession. In fact, we're going to have three quarters uh, come December yep. of, of, of technical recession. But until you start seeing people lose their jobs en masse, okay, it's really not a recession from the boots on the ground kind of uh, environment. Okay. Okay. I don't want to argue with, but I, I, I say that because that's what I look at. I look at economic activity, you know, um, you know, I, and I know I live in a bubble where I live, but you know, um, you, you know, everybody has a job. Okay. Everybody's making good money. Uh, everybody's going out to eat, you know, um, the malls aren't closing down. You know, you just start seeing the here and there things. But at some point in 2023, uh, the dam will break just because people just aren't going to have the money and they're going to pull back from investing into the future of the country. And then companies will start pulling back people. And that means unemployment, correct? That means unemployment. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm seeing that. 
in a print, you know, I don't really trust a lot I read in the mainstream media, but uh, if you believe the box stores and the Fortune 500 companies, this could be a really weak Christmas retail season combined with layoffs. In fact, I'm hearing that the CEOs are going to lay off the remote workers first. Do you have any uh, insight to that? Yeah, I heard that too. Um, you know, you can lay off, you, you know, they're going to lay off until they, until they reach what's called vital people. But, you know, not everybody vital is sitting in an office, too. So um, it all depends what industry you're in. Here's the way I look at it. If you're in a business that you sell nice-to-have stuff or services, you're at risk. If you're in an industry that you sell a product or service in a vital, what I mean by vital meaning is that there there is a um, – people need it. It's a staple versus a – a, a discretionary. Okay. And when I mean by staple, I'm not talking about buy diapers kind of thing. I'm talking about, you know, if you're in the energy space, uh, you're probably okay. If you're in the food space, food production space, you're okay. If you're a farmer, you're okay. But you know, but if you're selling camping gear, right, or you are a massage therapist, or you know, you're, you're doing a lot of vacation stuff, and you know. Those kind of things, uh, your dentist, you know, uh, believe it or not, people think dentist is a vital service. Dentistry, absolutely not. If you can't afford to go to the dentist, you can skip it for three months. <clears throat> your teeth aren't going to fall out, right? So those kind of, you look at those kind of uh, <clears throat> businesses that are going to be the ones that are going to lose people. Okay, restaurants, I think restaurants run a big risk going forward. It's too expensive for most people to eat out <clears throat> anymore. And I think you're going to start seeing um, you're going to start seeing a lot of uh, um, risk and 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 pain in the uh, in the in that environment. So she's a uh, the highest end's fine, but it's that middle tier that's going to get blown up. It's going to be the you know the pizza joint and the taco joint, you know, and the Chinese joint will probably be okay, but it's going to be these chains that are like PF Changs or stuff like that. You know, people aren't going to go out to eat Chinese food for $100, $150 for the family, right? You're getting, you know, plain old, you know, chopstick food, right? Those things are going to get blown up. Well, that's, uh, and that'll greatly contribute to the recession, won't it? Because it's taken away uh, service and jobs. Yeah, and it's going to be, it's going to be location dependent. You know, PF Chang's not going to say we're going to cut one person out of every store. They're going to say, hey, we got leases up on these 16 stores that are underperforming. We just won't renew those leases. Okay. You're going to see that kind of stuff. That's what we're seeing out here in California. We're seeing what I call the hair and theirs. You know, leases expire, oh, empty storefront. Leases expire, empty storefront. And, you know, and I was talking to some guys in the commercial space um, that are brokers. And uh, I have two really good friends that are in this world. I've, I've been asking them. They said, look. You can't get a loan, a bank loan for any kind of new commercial space, period. You can't get a bank loan for any office space construction, period. Nobody's renting office space and nobody's renting commercial space except for one area. And I call it Class C space just to get it wrapped around my mind. That is like, you know, if you own a, a restaurant chain, you know, in a city and, you know, 30% of your business is DoorDash, well, you may close one of your Class A stores, right, that's underperforming at a high rental rate, and then you create a store in a very inexpensive uh, part of town, 
Um, and you basically, that's your kitchen. And you door dash everything out of there. Okay? And you don't door dash out of your other stores. Right. And then you shrink those footprints, too. And, and so you're going to see, you'll see more of that kind of activity. The other thing that I was told, which is interesting, which is kind of smart, is you're going to see a lot of teardowns of these uh, older commercial strips, and they're going to become multi-family uh, housing. I, you, you know what? And I don't mean to be sarcastic, and it'll come off that way, but I don't mean that. Uh, when you were talking about uh, the abatement of retail, and what you just said now makes me wonder if this is not where the government's going to stick a lot of, uh, uh, shall we say, immigrants? Oh, uh, they could try. You know, I, I think I think we're at peak immigration too now because you you know you're starting to see New York and DC and and Chicago screaming, right? And you know, if we go through this election and Republicans take over, they're not going to provide a nickel to these cities, okay? A nickel, and and uh, and I think you're, you're going to force uh, Biden's hand. I understand that Carrie Lake, if she becomes governor, she's going to declare an invasion in Arizona. That's, you, correct. You, That's correct. Yeah. You, live, you live there, and she's going to shut that border down completely. And and I think Abbott's going to win his thing. Remember, they thought they said that Beto O'Rourke was going to beat Abbott. No, Abbott's beating him by seven points now. So uh, you know maybe Abbott will grow grow a pair and uh, declare an invasion in, in Texas too, and and shut that border down. And so. I think we're at peak that right now, um, but the government's not going to get a penny for that that stuff. Republicans take over; there'll be zero money for for illegal immigrant housing. Okay, they're going to force the pain into these cities, and so. Um, but what I'm hearing is that you're you're, you're seeing, uh, um, and the thing is, the, there's enough multifamily housing for the higher end, right? It's just that there's not enough multifamily housing for, like, somebody like my daughter, right? She's twenty, almost 22. She has a job. She wants to move out. Um, you know, the only choices she has is to get a $3,000 a month two-bedroom apartment, right? Or $3,500 a month three-bedroom apartment, you know, close to where she, she lives. You know, you can't – kids don't make enough money for that. And so they're going to have to figure out how to – I don't want to call it subsidize it. You get that land fairly cheap. You put on 20 units, whatever. You're going to start seeing more of that kind of infill that's going to happen that, uh, you know, that's, that's my perspective. And, and, and the commercial brokers I'm talking to are, are, are intimating that as well. Okay. So uh, that, that does make a lot of sense to me, but, um, uh, we have at least 5 million immigrants here. And to say that they're just going to leave it to the cities, I mean, to me, that doesn't seem fair to a place like Arizona that did not cause this to happen. This is totally the uh, actions of the federal government. So, Yeah, Carrie Lake, she's going to chase them right out of Arizona, yeah. Dave. That's my point. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right, but you you wouldn't believe how the mainstream media here is turned on her. And she used to be one of them. She was the, the top newscaster in Phoenix for two decades. And uh, her opponent will not debate her because I love I love her opponent, uh, Katie Hobbs' uh, campaign. She has a plan, but you never know what the hell the plan is. <laughs> they also they asked her to say nice things about Latinos, and she couldn't come up with anything. Oh, either. yeah, 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 yeah. I read that yeah. the other day. That's, that's hilarious. Well, 
Um, so people that are going to lose jobs are basically in the service industry. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, there's going to be some um, some manufacturing, but you know, manufacturing is coming back on shore. But people have to realize service industry is 70 percent of the economy, right? So um, they're they're um, they're the ones that most at risk. Right. I mean, look at Starbucks. You know, I, I think it's really interesting, you know, um, uh, for people to understand is that uh, there's an epiphany now happening in retail uh, that, you know, it's really, it's going to be, it's it's automation and simplification. Um, you got to look at, look at Taco Bell and what Taco Bell's doing. Okay, Taco Bell is, um, they're taking, you know, and also crime, right? So they, they still want to serve these communities because they can make money there. Right, because people get transfer payments in the city, they have to spend it, but they don't want to interact with these people. They don't want them to destroy their their uh, um, their eating area, so they're just getting rid of the eating area. So Taco Bell is a concept where you pull into the uh, into their restaurant underneath the restaurant, like and it's like you remember banking of old with the pneumatic uh, uh, tubes. You're kidding. You know, you're kidding. Yes. You're, you're making that analogy to what Taco Bell is going to become? That's what they're doing. Wow. They're, they're doing it they already? Have, yeah, yeah. They already have concepts out. So they have, their restaurants, on, their their kitchen's on the second floor. <clears throat> you, you, uh, uh, they have three, they have three lanes. Two of the lanes are you, uh, you put your QR code up against the, uh, uh against a reader. And they did it just uh, drop the food right to you, and um, you already prepaid it. The third lane is where you order the food, and and it drops in. Yeah, these are big like pneumatic, you know, pneumatic tubes. So, so they just have this the the, the food ready for you. They just drop. The Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for my pillow. For example, they've got half off my pillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to mypillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. Mypillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. Drop right down, you just take your food and you leave. So there's no, the, the people are totally protected. There's nobody there. Okay. Uh, they, you know, you can't destroy their place. The footprint's smaller, right? And because they don't have seating, uh, they don't have to, the, the, you know, cities required to have so many parking spaces, right? So you basically cut out half your footprint. So your leases fall. And you're going to see this across the board. And you're going to see that. I just yesterday I went to the grocery store and I'm like, what the hell? Tide pods are behind a, uh, um, behind a, um, uh, a, a, a gate with a cage. You know, so like you're going to see more and more things that are going to be inaccessible for people just to pick up because of their allowing shoplifting. So eventually you're going to get to the point where, where you're going to, and Vons is already starting to do it. So they already cut off, they took one of their stores and they, they, they moved the footprint and made it 75% of the last size and 25% of it is a warehouse, nothing but uh, pickups. And you're going to start seeing grocery stores do the same thing, especially in urban areas. You can't go into the store. 
you order it ahead of time and they'll bring it to you. You already prepaid it. <clears throat> They're not going to let people touch the inventory unless it's paid. Is that to cut down on the crime? Yeah, cut down on crime, cut down on footprint, cut down on employees. You know, it's much more efficient. Makes sense. You know, and yeah, and look, and <clears throat> how does that how does that affect me? Well, we own a company called SYM, called Symbotic, who is in the world leader in AI enabled automation and warehouses. They already have Amazon as a client. They already have Walmart as a client. That stuff scales down. You'll see grocery stores that are <clears throat> they're all going to be pick lists, right? Well, robots going to do the pick list. They're not going to send you know uh, Jesse and George right running up and down aisles getting food at some point. It's going to all be like what they do at Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's doesn't sell anything by the pound. You notice that everything's prepackaged with a price, and it's all going to be pick list. And and you just go ahead and you order your your thing at home. You just drive up. You already prepay it. It's waiting for you, and you uh, they'll tell you when it's available for pickup, or you can, you know, whatever they call it, door dash it out. And that's going to be the future of retailing. You know, we're going to lose experience because retailers have to cut down on labor costs, shrinking costs, and um, and uh, leasing costs. So, And when you get rid of employees, you get rid of medical costs. So that's how they're fighting inflation, right? Um, and it's more efficient that way too. So they're going to save on energy as well. So fascinating times. There's a, but there, we're forced into this because governments can't stop spending. Exactly. Well, there's another factor though that I see in here too. This will help their ESG rating because their footprint uh, for climate will be lowered. And so therefore they'll be falling under the good graces of BlackRock that hands out those ratings. Yeah. Well, yeah. Except that they don't, uh, they won't hire people. <laughs> well, I know, but but if your goal is to, let's say, be on the correct side of this movement, the green movement, then that they have another. What I'm saying is, they just have another encouragement there to do what they're. Oh yeah, doing. no, I was just having fun with you. I know, um, I know. Um, but yeah, but you know, look at Starbucks too. Starbucks is going cashless too, so um, they don't want. You know, and forget aside the moral and the spiritual implications of that. Look, you know, I have a business. I don't accept cash, right? I mean, I would, but I have no mechanism to do so, right? So, um, so they, they don't want to take that cash to the bank. You know what I'm saying? And and the other reason why they do it too, they won't need cashiers anymore. So. You know, if, if you run a if you run an operation where you pre pre order, we went to Maui. I know I'm yakking away here, but we were in Maui on vacation, as you know. We did an interview there a couple weeks ago, so we went to a we went to a restaurant, and my daughter was so pissed. It was pretty funny because she's in the service business herself. So you go there, right? You um, you you don't get a menu. You have to order it yourself. You have to pay for it yourself. You, you know what I'm saying? And you you just sit down at a table and and the food just comes to you, right? And then you know they and and you have to pre tip, right? And my daughter says, "Screw that!" She goes, "No tip," you know. She said, uh, "You know, I have no idea if the food's going to be good. I don't know if the service is going to be good, you know." And 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 I did all the work. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's that's the most stupid thing I ever heard of. You tip on service. Yeah, the tipping thing was just an icing on the cake. I just laughed because my my daughter, thirty percent of her income comes from tipping. She's a stylist, right? You know, and uh, um, 
but her point is that people tip me because I go above and beyond of what they expected. And, and, um, but there, it's just that, you know, um, they probably cut their labor cost in probably by 30 or 40%. All people do, they just walk around, clean the table, hand you water and drop your food off. That's it. So, you know, you have one server that could probably service 10 or 12 tables versus one server working four or five tables is my point. And, um, Oh, and when you go into the place too, because it's a it's a it was a bear um what do you call it, a brew house, right? So they the, the host checks your ID before you sit down, you get a wristband. So so you know that's another thing they just so the point is that companies are looking for any way possible to just run as as lean as they possibly can. And 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 all that all that's gonna do is just you know, it's gonna keep growth from from happening. So just I mean, from a pure fascination standpoint, it's amazing. So, well, this stuff is—it's—it uh, it, just turns the tables on what we've been used to. That's, let me ask you a question too, because we kind of skipped by this a little while ago. But you talked about uh, uh, how how what's going on with inflation is the hidden tax. You ask for more money from your boss, but you never really catch up. So you get this bracket creep going on. Is is this related at all to why? Uh, there are 87,000 IRS agents that will soon be coming after us. What's the motivation there? So there's two things. So I'm going to give the IRS the benefit of doubt for a minute, okay? So I don't want to, I don't want to get into, into a big pejorative here. So uh, when the pandemic hit, there was a lot of money given out, and a lot of it was stolen. So um, so I think the first thing that these IRS agents are going to do is, is, is going to do a recovery operation, Okay, there's people out there that, you know, there are people out there that filed in six different states. Right. They don't have any employees, but they they just they created false, fake um, uh, documents. Right. You know, Minnesota, they just arrested these people for stealing child nutrition money, a bunch of Somalis. Right. So I think the I think the first thing that they're going to do is they're going to try to recover. I mean, you're talking hundreds of billions of dollars here, Dave. Of money that was simply stolen, and you know, California, one hundred billion dollars of unemployment money was stolen. You know, it just it's it's amazing to me how how incompetent the administration of of our governments are that this money can leak out like this with no no checks and balances. <clears throat> and then the second thing they're going to do is the look. The big thing isn't like you taking an extra deduction on your car, right? Okay, right. Oh, I, I reported 3,000 miles of travel, you know, that at my 57 cents, but you only did 1,000, right? IRS cares about that. You shouldn't do it. You need to be legal, right? But the point is they're not going to send an IRS agent to try to track that down. There's no ROI on that. However, you know, with Venmo and Zelle and the banks and PayPal, there's a lot of people that haven't reported income at all, but the government knows that income exists because they have these now reporting agencies like the brokers in the past for a stock market. So they're going to uncover a lot of income that that's not reported. And, and you know, you, you're just going to get a notification from the IRS saying um, PayPal has um, said that your income was Twenty nine hundred dollars. You didn't report that on your tax return. So here's your uh, assessment for the twenty nine hundred dollars. 
plus a late fee and interest, right? And um, and so that's how they're going to collect a lot of that money. You don't need IRS agents for that. No, you don't. That's, that's, that's an AI function, Bob. Yeah, so they're going to go after going after these people, and and you know, um, they then then they're going to turn towards the uh, uh, they're going to chase down the LLCs and the uh, and the S corps, right? But again, a lot of it's going to be around um, matching up uh, income. You know, deductions are are now they're not going to chase your meal deduction, right? But they're going to chase down that hey, you reported a million dollars for your business, but your bank statement says it's two million dollars. Well, an IRS agent has to sit there and review bank records, okay? <clears throat> so I think they're going after income first, Dave. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, the nefarious side—I'm sure you've already reported on it. It's a beautiful way in which you punish your your political enemies yes. or punish your uh, your political opponents. So. Um, well, there's precedent for I, that before. Yeah, my view is that if Republicans take over, the IRS is not going to get funded to that extent, and there's going to be restrictions on them. So, yeah, but here's the question I have. This this what really greatly troubles me. I think everybody should pay their tax. My tax guy is a former IRS auditor, and that's intentional because I don't want to have trouble with the government. So I try to pay what I'm supposed to pay. Now, having said that. What really bothers me is how they've got 87,000 of them. They have to, their job ads originally said, uh, learn to use a gun, trained, uh, and, and you have to take a life if necessary. And I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what the original job ad said from the federal government. Why are they training goons to collect our taxes? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, they have a question to answer themselves. They're, they're looking for a shock. You know, basically, they're looking for a military that's loyal to the government, not to the Constitution. And so um, that's funny. Look, I mean, it's no different than PayPal the other day trying to do this misinformation, you know, clawback, right? It's no different than Munich Re saying we're not going to fund any more of fossil fuel uh, endeavors. You know, it's just basically they're trying to outsource basically police functions to, uh, you know, agencies that aren't police so to, to run the will of the government this is the last days of caligula you know that right so but they're just trying i thought to, it was uh, Nero. uh yeah well, caligula too they're all well, they're all the same thing no there was no last days of Nero. he just burned the place down immediately so um um the uh the look the government is becoming rapacious they already are 67 percent of of economic activity right now and so they're not going to be satisfied until everything is taken or they get blown up. So we just have to see which one's yeah, going to happen. I, 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 like, boy, that's the most thing, thing you've said today. I totally agree with. I agree. They want 100%. They want it all. Yeah. They want it all. Right. Um, I, I, I'm looking at, at some of the things people sent me about your organization. Um, and, and I guess that what I have to wonder is if people want to make money, if they want to stay ahead of inflation, is is your company a good viable alternative, or should people still be thinking in terms of second and third jobs? Well, I mean, look, I don't think one has anything to do with the other. Um, you, um, uh, I'll speak to my company first. Our, our whole purpose of being is to is to uh, you know to keep you ahead of your of your expenses so that you can accumulate wealth. And so how we've done it at Trade Genius is I just referred to we have a Fed liquidity indicator 
we have what's called a volatility um, algorithm indicator, and then we have uh, the indicators that and algorithms that we look at, what's called price levels and then price momentum. And we do that for the stock market. We do that for the crypto market. We do that for the futures options markets so that we have these tools that allow people to um, make good trades that they can stay ahead, ahead of the game to accumulate wealth responsibly. You know, we're not GameStop, AMC, Silver Guy, you know, that kind of crazy stuff. We're grinded every day. And then what we've done, Dave, is we've created seven bundles for people to be able to trade in those areas, stocks, cryptos, options, futures, training, and or even just getting access to the indicators themselves. You can just buy them and not buy anything else as a service. So you can do those. They're pre-discounted 65% off. Uh, they're available to uh, to you on a discount till the 15th of October, I think is that Saturday. And then if you want to get anything that's in the store, that's not bundled. You can use uh, promo code, um, is it Columbus? Yes, Columbus. Yeah. That's where I'm looking at. Uh, right, and it's 40% off until the 15th as well. So you get from our service, you get access to the indicators, algorithms. You get access to chat rooms. You get access to training uh, videos that we put together on how to trade and trade our way. And then I usually throw a trade or two out every day, kind of to prove the model. You know, because we're not financial advisors, we're really educators, and and some people follow those trades, and uh, uh, I usually take them myself, and so uh, that's way in which you can see how you can make money, learn while you earn kind of approach. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at at one of the things that someone sent to me here, and it it says... uh, Thank you so much for the alerts, which I'm assuming is what you're talking about here, that this this uh, place is where you want to be in the market. Yeah, you know, and I mean, we had, um, you know, if I could just put the humble thing on the shelf for a minute, last couple of weeks, we changed some people's lives. I mean, we had one guy made $26,000. We had another guy who we were able to keep him from taking the second job, okay, you know, and so we teach people how to responsibly do these things. Um, you know, one guy, um, and I have to send you his attaboy. He wrote a letter, so it's too big just to throw it over as an email. But basically, he, um, uh, you know, he wanted to learn how to make four hundred dollars a day, and we came, we gave him a training program to teach him how to basically the psychology of it. He just kept losing money, and that we gave him an approach that. You know, you, you have to start making sure you prove your model first, right? Your, is your approach sound? So you, if you can make a little money consistently, then you can what's called up your risk, right? Because, you know, the model works, okay? And then you, um, uh, you know, now he's making consistently three, $400 a day and on a small account. I mean, his account is less than $15,000, okay? So you can do those kind of things, but you learn the rules, and apply the discipline and be patient, you know, you can get to yourself to a point where, hey, you know, if you make $200 a day consistently in the stock market, Dave, you're making $40,000 a year. Few people know this. So so everybody thinks you just have to be swinging, swinging like Babe Ruth, you know, but if you're just knocking singles and doubles out every day, you're going to be in good shape. 
And if you win seven out of 10 times, you're considered masterclass, okay? So you don't even have to make money every day. You just have to, on average, make three to $400 a day. On average, over time, you're making eighty dollars to $100,000 a year, Dave, okay? That's not chicken feed. And the reason why people can't do it is because people tend to get greedy, impatient. Um, they, 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 they let too much noise in. And our approach is simply, you almost, it's almost robotic, okay? It's not without joy. It's just that, hey, if the signal says to buy our philosophy, you can ask people in my customers, see trade, take trade, okay? Take profit. <laughs> if you're wrong, take loss and move on. Next trade. And, and, you know, you don't sit there and agonize hoping it's going to be a, it's going to be the, the big winner because they don't come. Okay. I've been doing this a long, 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 long time. I can count on my one hand. <coughs> excuse me. I can count on my one hand days that I just knocked it absolutely out of the park though, because the market doesn't work that way. You, you know, either you got lucky, right? Uh, because you're in something that a news event happened or you had an anomaly like last, Two weeks ago or last week, you know, I had a day like that, right? You know, a $20,000 day because I was positioned and the market crashed. Okay. So, but how often does a market crash? You know, you know, you and I talk doom all the time because, you know, that's kind of the world, the world we're in right now, but doom doesn't happen every day. You know, it's the anticipation of doom that everybody's waiting for. And so, uh, so you have to trade in what I call a two sigma world versus a six sigma world. And a lot of people trade in a six sigma world and they constantly lose money because doom doesn't happen that week. So we just try to help people change their mental frame on this and then just make money every day. And every once in a while you're going to get lucky and you're going to hit one out of the park. Okay. But just keep doing the right things all the time. And some days you get well rewarded. Um, okay. Are, are you, well, first of all, you said hitting seven out of ten. So, what is your win ratio uh, for Trade Genius? Yeah, so let me go in and look at it right here. Uh, as of today, and this is as of this morning, uh, we are operating on sixty-four point nine percent win rate, which is consistent. I think in my advertising, I put sixty-five percent. We're always just right around there. Wow! Okay, that's amazing. Because yeah, if you were in Major average. League Baseball right now, you'd already be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and we're our annualized gains. We annualize oh. out uh, at one hundred thirteen point seven four percent. Now that's a misnomer because that means you have to be one hundred percent invested. Okay, so but if you're at least a third percent, thirty percent invested, which is reasonable, you know, you're looking at a forty percent annualized return. And then, you know, just looking at the last week here, you know, the market's crashed, right? So one from five to 18, the last 15 trades we took, we had two losses. <laughs> wow. How, okay. how long are, how long are your crashed. people typically in the trades? Uh, you know, most of the trades we're in, we average about three days. Can I ask why so short? Uh, just because of the way the uh, markets operate. If you're in a bull market... Uh, you can put a trade on and let it run, okay? But we're in a bear market, and so you 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 basically you're basically counter trending a longer a larger move, right? So the uh, the move the basically the, the trend of the market is to keep selling down, but within that there are these are these um, what I call counter trend moves that are profitable. 
So we're operating in, we operate on a four hour is, is the time frame we like to trade. So we just look for those trades that are positive on the four hour. Our algorithm finds them. And the other thing we've done, Dave, is we've created a bot now for our, our clients too. So we take our entire watch list. We'll bot out to the people saying, Hey, here's a trade that just showed up on our bot. So it's not even re- requiring me now to scan my watch list all the time. I have a bot doing it for me and we push the trade out directly and it's up to the client, you know, to determine if that trade's suitable for them. So that's all we do. Yeah. But even in a bull market, you have, al- you have algos trying to lift the market. We, we call this inside out algos. There's outside in algos. What I mean by that is that markets operate within a channel. <clears throat> and so when it's at the center of the channel, you have algos trying to push it back out to the edge, either up or down. And you got algos sitting at the edge of the channel trying to push that trade back in towards the middle. So, you know, even in a bull market, you know, you, you know, unless you want to hold it for long, long periods of time, uh, you know, if you get a three or four percent move in a market in and in a price of a stock over a couple day period of time, you jump it. OK. And, uh, you know, like last week, here's the trades. It's, it's interesting. Point one, four, point three. 0.1, right? We had a minus 9%, I had a minus 13%, I had a plus 19%. Okay? So, you know, those are, um, those things under 5% are more than norm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes, so, that makes perfect yeah. sense to me. Um, yeah. And, you know, and it's up to you. This is just my, the stops I put in, you know, for just to prove the model. You know, I encourage people that are, are active, you, you, you immediately try to get your stock to break even, right? So you don't want to lose any money. I just put this out there just to show people the system works, okay? <laughs> you know, this reminds me, being a former college basketball coach, I got out just at the time analytics was coming in, and analytics today guides a lot of coaching decisions. And you are the analytic approach as opposed to what I saw in most of my coaching career, and I did some of it too, the eyeball test. If it looked good, we go ahead and do it if we think it matches, and analytics were secondary. But analytics seems to be at the forefront of what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, look, there's some art to this, but most of the trading is is probability-based. You know, like we know over the last X amount of of decades, September is a month that the market goes down. September is a month that oil energy goes up. So why go long stocks and short energy, right? So you're making it harder on yourself. Now, does it always work out? Of course not. But you want to lean... You know, if, if you know if, if you're if you're flying an airplane, you want to fly into the wind, right? So, you know, you don't want to. Why make it harder for yourself? I agree, so, Bob. We are flat out of time. This is so interesting. I could go on another hour. This is fascinating. But <laughs> but I, I want to do due diligence here because people are going to say, "Well, tell me how to get in touch again." You went over it, and I'll, we'll put it in there again. Okay, tradelikeagenius.com is where you go, and you have until Saturday the 15th to take advantage of these specials for the non-bundled items, and uh, the bundled items are pre-discounted, and the coupon code to get all of that is Columbus. So, uh, Bob, this has been fascinating. Thank you so much for your insight. I feel better from just listening to you with all the doom and gloom. Oh, um, well, thank you. Thank you, Dave, and uh, you guys have a good one. And, yeah, check us out, guys. I think you like what we do. And uh, you'll learn a lot, and our goal is to equip you for a uh, lifetime skill. Yeah, very good. Thanks, Bob. All right. Bye, Dave. Take care.
We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts to help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TheCommonSenseShow.tv. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarrierGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarrierGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.